All right, well, boom. Listen, so this is like, I've been looking forward to this. I can't even lie. I've been looking forward to having a conversation with you, bro. Um, We had, as I said before, we had a conversation, like a little Twitter exchange, whatever. Um, And like, obviously, I've I've known about you for a minute. Yeah. I've known about you for a minute. I've got A-Star with me. Um, How are you? I'm good, man. Good. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, I'm doing well. It's cold. Um, Proper freezing, bro. It's cold, bro. <laughs> Proper freezing, bro. Um, I don't even know really where to start, bro. I've been, as I said, I've been watching you for a little while. Um, I know what you're about. I, I know what you stand for. Yeah. You know, I see the messages and whatnot. And like, like you're, you're a very intriguing human being, bro. It's interesting way of putting it. Yeah, <laughs> you're a very intriguing. And it comes through in some of the stuff that you do, bro, because... Yeah. I know you more so as like a grime MC. I don't know if you do much other stuff other than like I heard the hidden track and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know like I haven't heard you do anything outside really of grime. Yeah. But I know that that's what you do. I know that's that's your heritage. I know that's where you come from. But you're you're from East London, right? From Leytonstone. Leytonstone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Born that's and raised. The, that's the hometown. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, tell me a little bit about your come up. Um. So grew up in typical if I would say council estate kind of area. Mm. Um, I wasn't a, officially in a council estate, but that's the kind of area I grew up in. So um, went to Tom Hood Secondary School in Leytonstone, just a rough area, rough school, um, a lot of peer pressure in the area. Um, just a regular young black boy from East London, the kind of thought you would think, oh, okay, he's seen this, he's seen that. That's, that's, that's kind of what I grew up around. And obviously, like, the... the like the deep heritage of MCs from East London yeah, and that. Yeah, yeah, So like, I got to I got to see the birth of of Graham around that. Like you know, Fuming he went to my school. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah. I was at the power video shooting like oh, 2004. For real? Yeah, yeah. On Fuming's part, the the first video though. Remember oh, those two yeah? videos? Oh yeah, there was. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, shit. So I was at the first one. The first one, yeah, where it's just him spitting with man them behind him. I was like, what, six, fifteen, sixteen? Yeah. yeah, yeah, them days were ah oh, man. I always think back to them days. Just know? carefree days, you know. I'm telling you, bro. Us lot were just literally just chilling on the corner, in the ends, and he was around. He said, "Yo, man, then video shoot, come." And we just walked down the road. That's how shooting. it used to. I mean, it still is probably like that. More, more so with the drill lot. Yeah, I could imagine that the drill lot is more so like you know, man's just, man, them just filming a video, just roll up, slap the belly on. <laughs> yeah. Do you get know what I'm saying? And let's just make it lit and that. But like. Yeah, them days it was because also it was like on the in that come up there was no one that people were really looking to for superstardom like if you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Dizzy bus true. Yeah. But like there wasn't really anyone that we were looking at at the time. Like yeah, like we could be this. Yeah. Manem was just doing it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's more planned now though, as you said about the. Guys will get together to put on a belly. It's more. It's more. I feel like there's no fun anymore, bro. If I'm honest, mm. it's it was just original back in the day because it was just like I do music. I'm gonna shoot a video. I'm gonna go in the corner, call my friends, and do that. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's yeah. way different than it. Than, than yeah, the fun yeah. element definitely doesn't seem like it's as yeah. as as strong anymore. Obviously, but I say that as someone who's an older buck in it. I mean, yeah, some of yeah. the younger lot might feel like differently or whatnot but yeah, I don't know even when I speak to some of my cousins and that it, don't, it doesn't seem like it's coming from so much of a fun place but I'll tell you something though yeah what is sick about with them is that like they have what a lot of the earlier grime guys didn't have which was that thing of being able to look at this guy or that person and say yeah like I'm trying to reach that right do you get what I'm saying yeah, yeah. like these lot can look at some of the like some of the biggest artists that we have in Europe mm. are from London or even from their ends. Yeah, forget London, like Birmingham, Manchester. Even remember back then, like growing up and that, like man wasn't really listening to like Birmingham artists like that yeah. or Manchester artists like that. Yeah. Now some of the biggest artists in Europe are from there. Yeah, for real. Bugsy Malone. Do you get yeah. what I'm saying? J.K. Miss. Like you look at all of these guys. So I feel like now the difference now is that a lot of the younger lot can look at these guys and say, you know what? I can do that. Yeah, yeah, I can. Yeah. I can reach there. I can get there. And I it's can very much possible. Of course, yeah, bro. Yeah. The, bro, I've been thinking about this as well recently. Yeah, there's actually so much money in the game now. Yeah, you know that. 
Before, there was none. Or very low. Or money that we just couldn't access. Bruv, you've got 17, 18-year-old drill artists make, like, making four figures casually. Four or five figures casually, yeah, yeah, bro. Regular. Um, Quick 50 bags for a festival. For real, that. bruv. Bro, I remember when five bags... I remember when five bags for a festival show for certain artists was like, that was like the big, money. what? Yeah, the f- yeah. Like graduated to the, fi- the five bags, yeah, bro. Yeah. That was the big thing. Yeah. Now, you can't even get, you, some of these guys, you can't even get them to lift a fingernail <laughs> for five bags. For that's like a part, that's like a joke to for some of them. Bro. I always remember that Bizzle story of Wireless when he, when he got called up to replace um, yes. Wiley. And he just said, they said what? They said 40 bags. He said, he said, double it and I'm there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they said, double it and I'm there, bro. Because they called him on the day, didn't they? Yeah, on the they day, a few hours day. before, you know. Imagine that, just a young 80, just like... Just 80 bags, just like that. Then we go DJ. on, quick 30 minute set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do yeah. songs that people know and then bounce. 80 yeah. bags, bro. Take that money, go and invest in my country where For I come real, from. Man. And that, that's why I respect, that's why I respect man like that as well, because that's yeah. what a lot of them are doing as well. Some, well, some of them... Bizzle's sick of that, man. Like, mm. I see, especially around the time of Christmas where everyone went back to Ghana. Yeah. I see him and every time I do see him, like obviously if watching him on Snapchat in Ghana, he's with people like Fuse. Mm. And Fuse's got a crazy house over there. Yeah, Fuse yeah, ODG. Yeah. Like he's literally done his thing here and he's just gone to invest back there. We've got like, that famous peacock or whatever it is walking around as well. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, I saw I saw that one time. <laughs> yeah. But I love the mindset that he's kind of put into the whole Africa thing like mm. Africa's not um, kids with flies on, on, on them and mm. starving kids and stuff like that they've proper kind of changed the narrative which mm. is sick man yeah definitely yeah. so yeah like obviously you were fully in and immersed in like the the grime world essentially yeah. in it and then started doing your own thing but one thing that I noticed is that your angle's just a tiny bit different in it like yeah. you're uh, have have you always been a youth of faith? No, no. I I just grew up in in ends and and went to my dad was in jail when I was like from two, mm. so uh, he went to jail and then when he came out of jail he did five years, so I was around seven years old. He started taking me to church here and there, um, so I always kind of knew. I went to Sunday school, but whenever I'd see him, I'd go. But my mum was an atheist; she wasn't about that at all so um, it's literally when I was around my dad that I would go to church but I didn't grow up around the whole church mm. um, environment I literally just was a kid from ends no one in my area was of any sort of faith like that apart from obviously my Muslim friends from school but that yeah, was yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I know you got a podcast right? <clears throat> yeah 525 yeah I just started it with uh, three of my other married brothers we talk about are young, you married young yeah? married life okay. yeah, yeah, yeah two and a half years now two and a half years yeah, yeah, yeah. go on yeah, yeah so that's lit yeah man I noticed because um, I saw on your timeline we'll talk about marriage and a piece actually but I saw on your timeline um, just like a conversation we was having about absent fathers and stuff yeah, like that yeah. and like talking about the effects that th- that had but you, so your dad was absent for five years right he was um, or was he yeah so he, he was in jail, jail. Um, when he came out, I'd see him. But the, for me, my story with the whole absent father thing was there's a difference between a man being um, there and a man being in the house. Uh-huh. So for me, I didn't have a man in the house. It was just me and my mum. Yeah. Um, so things like driving, skating, swimming, uh, had to fix uh, something in the house. I, I didn't have a man to learn that from. So most of the things I learned, I learned from the ends, from, from my guys on the road. Yeah, yeah. So I felt like there was a big piece missing there, man. I yeah. saw him once in a while, uh, and we have a great relationship now, even with his wife and my mum, they're tight. They've got okay. a great relationship, which is, you know, an anomaly. A lot of people look at me sideways and I say that. I'm like, they're cool, they're best friends. Like, yeah, they're yeah. great. Um, but I didn't have him in the house in order to just keep me close and to tell me real stuff, not just to tell me, but for me to actually see that where there's two parents in the house and there's a dad there and I can actually look up to that and say, I want a marriage like this. Yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't have that. It's mad, actually, because, yeah, I didn't, my dad, my mum and dad split up when I, when they were, when I was super young. Yeah. But I have the same sort of situation as you, where, like, my mum, like, my mum's married now, or mm. whatever. My mum, my mum's husband, and my dad and that are proper just crisp, bro. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's, and it's nice to have that. 
I guess where I was kind of fortunate is that at a young age, I had my mum's husband too. So I did still have a man in the house. And mm. it, what, you know, like, in, a, in, a, in some weird way, it's been good to watch like how my mum's husband moves and how my dad moves because then I've been able to like, in some way, try to get the better parts out of the both of both, them. Yeah, Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And it's only now when I look back, I start realizing like how important that shit was. At the time, you know, you're just living in it. Like you're mm. just living and you don't, you're not really thinking about like mm. any of these type of things. Do you know what I mean? I started clocking when I was seeing my, my boy who lived three doors away with his mum and dad and they're all close and he's the smallest thing like he's play fighting with his dad and his, yeah. his dad's like come with me I'm gonna fix this light bulb and he's doing it and now his dad was proper like hands-on one of my good friends from from young his dad was proper hands-on and now he's um he's he's a builder like he, his dad he took on what his dad was doing basically yeah <coughs> and he's always been um passionate about that but that I know that he got that from his dad so that's yeah. something I used to always admire so I was there all the time always at my friend's house because I was that. now I'm clocking that it's because I just wanted that wholeness family feel do right. you know what I'm saying um, and and I didn't have that at home so was you you was super close with your mum though yeah yeah my close till, till today man. till today yeah. yeah 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 talk to me a little bit about that like your the relationship between you and your mum um, yeah she was she was I wouldn't say she was kind of strict, but firstly, she, you know, was very weary about my health, having yeah. sickle cell. Yeah. And um, she she has sickle cell as well. Right. So um, she was very just weary, always wear you, be 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 warm, stay warm, make sure you eat and stay hydrated, all of that stuff. Because obviously my, my, my um, growing up, my youth was kind of, shaky because i was always in that hospital things like that so mm. it brought it definitely brought us close and you know she's always been someone who's worried and been overly concerned yeah, where yeah. i've always got to tell her mum chill like yeah, yeah, my yeah. wife's looking after me now it's cool, yeah yeah you know yeah i'm, I'm good still yeah yeah that. so i've got to kind of keep, keep <laughs> <laughs> she's probably gonna call me now like are you okay what are you doing yeah, yeah, you know yeah, what i'm saying yeah. so I like yeah. that's, that's growing still my yeah. wife's looking after me now yeah let's talk about this then because um I had seen um, a video that you, a song called Hidden... Hidden Pain. Hidden Pain, that's yeah. the one. And I, I've watched it a bunch of times, bro. You know, like, sometimes there's things that like pop up on the timeline or whatever, or some someone will send you, and, like, you just go past a bunch of stuff, but then there's, like, a couple things that just stick. Yeah. And, like, that... St I, we, I never spoke to you about it, but that stuck. Yeah. And um, one of the reasons why it stuck is because I remember growing up here and having... Um, someone who like I'd considered uh, like family someone who I'd considered like family at the time you know you're growing up and you're just like everyone's your cousin in it like, mm. that kind of vibe but I remember he had sickle cell and I never knew I never knew what it was and to be honest with you I'm still I'm still unaware of what sickle cell really is right it's only now yeah I'm starting to like ask more questions and you know, you, I, I'm grow, I've grown up hearing someone's got sickle cell. Okay, I know that there's like, that's a thing, but I'm not asking a question because in my mind is not in a place to even fathom what that really is. And when I'm chasing it back and I want to know what it is and, and where it's come from and stuff. So just from your perspective, yeah, can you tell me like, what is sickle cell? Sickle cell is a hereditary disease. It's a blood disease that affects the red blood cells. So your regular blood cells are round shape, regular red blood cells are round shape, normal round shape. The sickle cells are sickle shaped, so it's kind of like a moon crescent shape kind of thing. Um, and obviously it's your red blood cells that carry oxygen around the body. Um, so if I'm in times of, you know, stress, exhaustion, cold weather, um, I can fall into what you call a crisis. Mm. And that's where you have the, the sickle cells that clog up against each other so they can't flow through the blood vessels and carry oxygen around the body well. And they'll start clogging up with each other, which will cause excruciating pain anywhere around your body. It could be mm. legs, arms, chest, anywhere around the body. So this is, because uh, it's a hereditary disease, it comes from the parents, so the genotype from the parents. So you can have 
one parent that's AS, which is like they have the trait, not full blown, or you've got a parent that's got <coughs> what does SS. AS mean? AS is um is like it's genotype basically. It's like a it's like a you know like cr- you've got chromosomes yeah. and the blood type stuff. Okay. So it's a genotype. So you've got A that is completely normal, sickle free, and you got S that's sickle. Okay. So that's the trait. And you've got SS, which is full blown sickle cell. So my mum had AS and SS. Yeah, AS is the trait. SS is full blown. AA is nothing. You don't like. You don't have any trait or whatsoever. So um, my mum has got SS, okay. and my dad's got AS. That wasn't communicated when it came together years ago. So you, like, you're sorry. Your 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 mum's got SS and your dad's got AS. Yes. My so dad's your dad has a trait. a trait. Okay. Yeah. Mum's got full blown. That wasn't communicated when they came together, um, you know, and they, you know, they, they had me um, and here I am. When you've got someone that's SS and AS, I think there's a like a 50% to a 75% chance that the child will have sickle cell, whether it's a trait or the full-blown. Okay. So. Um, and what do you have? The full-blown, full-blown sickle cell, okay. so SS. So that comes from the parents. So for me, getting married, I had to make sure that the woman I get with has nothing, hasn't got the AS, not even the trait, so that there's no chance whatsoever for my child to have full-blown sickle cell. But there's now a 25% chance that they could have the trait because she's AA and I'm SS. Okay, I'm going to get to that in a, um, in a part, in a, in, a, in a bit. See, like, growing up here, yeah? see when you was a kid, at what age did you know or was it, was it explained to you that you had sickle cell? To be honest, if did you I'm, know, did you know from early that there was something that wasn't yeah, right? Yeah, hundred percent. So as I said in the song, from as young as five, I've been going in and out of hospital. Mm. Um, so from what I can remember, earliest I can remember is five years old having a crisis. So I had no clue throughout my whole school years. I was always out in and out of school, and when I was in school, there was. Obviously, you're not just allowed to have a drink like that. You got to ask. But for me, there's a bottle of water on the side, and I'm always in hats, hat and gloves, and you know, and it's just, you know, Ali. We just need to be extra careful with Ali Dor because he's, you know, he's got to be looked after kind of thing. So I knew that I wasn't <clears throat> like other kids when it came to my upbringing. Um, but I just wanted to be like other kids. I wanted to play football. Wanted to go back riding with my friends, but. You'll come home from bike riding one day and then your legs are hurting you and then boom, full-blown crisis, got to go to hospital. So mm. that's the kind of upbringing it was. So um, like if you if you like took part in like an activity or something like that, yeah, like literally, if, if it was like a physical activity yeah, or whatever, yeah. then after a while it would have an, Somet- a big effect on your yeah, body. So yeah. Sometimes it could be that, sometimes it could be fine. Yeah. And you just never know with a crisis, that's the thing. Anyone with sickle cell will tell you, you never know. I could be in a warm environment like this, walk outside, go home, crisis. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, it's only when I got older that, that I knew how to control my body more. Um, yeah, with with things that I do, being wise about things. Do mm. I really need to do that? No, I don't. You know what I'm saying? Stuff like that. Do you remember your first crisis? I remember five being five years old. And what I can remember is... Um, I can remember my cousin carrying me to the hospital and I was in Belgium. That's all I remember. I don't know, for some reason my auntie had a car but it wasn't working or they weren't there. I could just remember me and carried to the hospital. Because in Belgium, where in Brussels where my family live, uh, mm. we went there every holiday. The hospital was like a five, ten minute walk from the house. So that's all I remember. Just me being in pain and being carried to hospital. That's one of many times. Mm-hmm. So yeah, what exactly happens with a crisis though? Like, what is it? What is happening to your body? So as the people always, it, it's always difficult to explain. It's, 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 I would like to say it's pins and needles, but it's much worse than that, bro. There's been studies that have said that sickle cell crisis is worse than childbirth. Man. And I don't want to be offensive to any woman that's had children, mm. but it's statistics, bro. Like, it's wor- the pain of sickle cell crisis is worse than any other pain you can get. It's just excruciating pain, like it's like big man crying kind of pain. Mm, 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 mm. Um, it's just 
because of your is it your, like one area of your body? It could or? be. It could be. It could start like I'm having pain in my in one leg, or it could be in both legs, and it could start one leg and it spreads around the body. Mm. I've had a chest crisis before where pain and it's just like a a kind of pressing down. It's just like pins and needles, everything in one in your chest. Chest is a very bad place to have it because obviously that's where your lungs are. Yeah, but because and there's by, lack, by your heart as well. exactly, yeah, and yeah. because there's lack of blood flow. Um, in that area because the, 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 the cells are clogging up in that area it's just bad I've had crisis in my face um, I wear like two years ago I was married this time as well I had a crisis in my face and you know it was hurting me went to the hospital they said oh, the, 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 the crisis has hit a nerve in your mouth and we've got to take out a tooth mad yeah so they took out a back tooth my face was swollen I could show you pictures at the age of 20, 23, um, I was getting like a lot of pain in my like hip areas and stuff like that. Went to the hospital. I was like, it, w- it just wasn't going. It wasn't crisis pain, but it was just like, just like a stiffness in my hip. Uh, I was 23, 24. And they said to me, uh, because of the lack of blood flow in your left hip to the hip bone, there's a ball right in the bone. And it kind of allows you to move your mm, yeah, of course, around. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's getting stiff we got to give you a hip replacement. At 24, I'm hearing that, bro. 23, 24. So on my 25th birthday, uh, like a few days after, um, my birthday's on the 24th of June. On the 29th of June, which was the closest Saturday to my birthday on that, at, at that time, um, have a party. And then, you know, two weeks before that, they told me, oh, we've just had a cancellation because there was a waiting list for a hip replacement. Just had a cancellation. Can you come in on the 30th? So that on the 1st of July, we can give you a hip replacement. So 29th, celebrating my birthday. Family have come from everywhere because it's my 25th. Yeah. And on the 30th, I've got people at my mom's house and I kind of got, slowly had to slide out and say, oh yeah, just going to an appointment, guys. I was going oh, to the hospital. Yeah, yeah. Stayed there from the 30th of June. In the fir- Is there a 31st of June? Don't know. Stayed there from the 30th of June. That's a good question. <laughs> and then, I need to know. It was either one or two days and then, you know, the 1st of July. Um, you know, I was 25 years old. I had a left hip replacement. No, there isn't a 31st. Yeah, so from the 30th, stayed there overnight, and then the 30, the 1st of July, I had had a hip replacement. It's a mind fuck though when they when you have the your sort of schedule to be in the hospital at a certain time or around a certain time. They tell you, yeah, you know, maybe that something might come up in like a month's time or whatever it is, yeah. and then you get a phone call saying, yeah, boom, next week. It's tomorrow fact, or yeah, next week. Uh, yeah. For me, it was, the waiting list was nearly a year for me. So I got told when I was like mid-24, or yeah, or, or just hitting 24, sorry. Uh, I got told when I was, t- so like, issues having from like late 23, whole of my 24th, I was having issues with my, my hip. I was having to use crutches, all of that stuff, and it was get. I couldn't sit down like this as I'm sitting down now, putting on my shoes. I couldn't do that. My lip, my hip was in pain. Wow. 24 twenty four seven. So yeah, a few days, few like a week or two before my twenty fifth. Yeah, come. You know, we've got a cancellation. So this date, guys, hospital, come in and we can do your operation for you. Mad. Do you know like the historical, like where it stems from? That's something I've been thinking about a lot and looking into because it affects mostly the black and Asian community, but mostly black people. Mm. And I, was, I, I haven't proper started researching it, but I'm always thinking, why? Why yeah. is it just the black community that it affects? It mu- which means must have started somewhere in Africa. It's, yeah, it has to be... Because that's, that, that's one thing I did know, that sickle cell affects predominantly black people. Yep. Black, black and Asian, but predominantly black people. And like, you know, I'm not a big conspiracy theorist yet, but I can't help but think of this is a man-made thing. 100%. 100%. That has like, because when you think about it like this, yeah, it's like, if you, if you inject a group of people with something, yeah, there's a community of people in it. And in that community, there's going to be relationships. In that relationship, they're gonna have children. Yep. The child's gonna likely to get it. This child's likely to get it. Then they have children, and then it just keeps going and keeps going and keeps going and keeps going. And then and then as it keeps going, it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah. And then you know, generations or thousands of years down the line, we just know it as a thing. We don't know where it comes from, but we just accept that that's just the thing that's within our community. That's the it? mindset that I have, Chucky, when it comes to this. Like, 
it must have started from somewhere. Whether and and that's where the conspiracy theorists in me. I keep these things to myself, or sometimes talk to my wife about it. Like, where did this actually start from? Was it like some colonizer or somewhere that come and injected something in someone, and then boom, it starts from there? Mm. Or was it? Yeah, you know I'm saying that could be very, was it someone, very naive. Was it someone of their own tribe? Exactly. We we don't know. Or it could have been a mistake. It could have. You know what? There's so many different things because it could have. It could have been a mistake. Mm. It could have been someone trying to ting with something and then it's had an effect on, you know, a, a, a community of people mm. and then now we're here. Do you get what yeah. I'm saying? But, you know, you don't rule out, you don't rule out the colonizer stuff because yeah. you always hear about them situations about, you know, people being injected with sexual transmitted diseases yeah. and stuff like that and yeah. then they end up spreading the way that they do but, you, um, would you say it's the same way we look we could look at stuff like hiv and yeah stuff definitely like, where did that start from yeah yeah, yeah where did because that, that's that's man-made yeah that doesn't just that doesn't just formulate within the body yeah do you know what i mean um so obviously growing up like going through school like how did that because if you were like you're growing up in Leytonstone, yeah obviously you're yeah, the monks like fully immersed in the gram culture and that yeah, you know, yeah. just doing whatever it is that you're doing like creating your own thing like how like in your early days did that affect you making music and stuff like that um so i never spoke about it as much when i was young it was just did your man them know yeah but they didn't know what it was didn't know what to do about it just ah, i am sorry man or uh, one time went to Disneyland with college and then um, we're going out, great time and then come back, boom, have a crisis. My friends, they're like, I've come out of the shower and I'm in my towel, I'm like, I can't breathe, I'm, I'm in pain, I can't breathe. My friend's like, what the heck is going on? Do you know what I'm saying? He's had to call a teacher, I'm in an ambulance in Paris, bruv. Like, my mum's had to come from London to France to come see me in hospital stayed there for weeks everyone's gone back we had to buy a new ticket all of that this is the first of many that's happened do you know what i'm saying mm. so when i was um around you know young teenage where you know there's the whole gram culture popping off all that stuff it was just i just wanted to fit in i never wanted to be like feel like i'm i'm different mm. if i'm honest a very naive and it's a bad mindset to have but in school it wasn't called cool to be special needs or this class as disabled or because when we used to think about disabled in the ends, we think about man in wheelchairs and all of that stuff. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm. Um, and now I understand that disability could look like this. Yeah. A regular man you'll see on road, you're like, bruv, this guy's normal. Or you see him in a gym, you know what I'm saying, running on the, on, on the treadmill, but you just never know, bruv. That's probably why I never like... When I had heard about sickle cell and that, and I know that someone's got it, true, we're playing, yeah, and we're just out or we're just playing. In my head, it's no, there's no disability there. Yeah, so in my head, there's nothing to talk about because we're still playing, we're still out on the road, we're still just doing whatever it is that we're doing. But yeah. I, you always look at disability as in, as you said, like being in a wheelchair or yeah, yeah. whatever it may be. The yeah. only thing that I knew about or that was told to me or that was a thing was the eye colour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like having yellow, yellow eyes, which eyes. has got something to do with the amount of like blood cells and yeah, stuff that you yeah, have yeah, that yeah, yeah. Uh, keep changing. Yeah. Right? So when you have, when I have a crisis and uh, when I'm in hospital, you'll see that, right, this guy's with yellow eyes. Or, you know, when there's something going on in your body, there'll be random times where eyes will just be more yellow than usual. And mm. that's because that's of that. Yeah, yeah. So like what, like when you have a crisis here, yeah, Mm. What can you do to stop it? Um, morphine. Oh, is that it? Yeah. And there's nothing that you could say, okay, I've stopped having the crisis now. It's just this pain, 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 pain. <coughs> I mean, pain. yeah, I mean the, 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 the pain to stop. Yeah, the body, the body, the body naturally stops the crisis, if I could say that. Okay. It's just morphine is a pain killer. It's a pain relief, basically. Do you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So... Um, when you have a crisis, okay, boom, ambulance straight to hospital. For me, usually gas and air. 
gassing is like what they give pregnant women yeah it yeah. gets you high so that just calms down nerves for me i talk to jesus bear <laughs> <laughs> you know what i'm saying bruv i've seen yeah, i've seen clouds i've seen a all of that stuff from mm-hmm. obviously i'm bantering but um that get to hospital morphine uh which is the biggest painkiller that you know known to man if, yeah, people if I'm get correct. addicted to that shit though exactly no. so that's been another thing because in hospitals Sickle cell patients have been treated so badly by doctors, man, in some hospitals because they're like, no, you look fine. Someone's someone's told me that. Someone told my wife that one time. I went to a festival, performed, came off stage, crisis. This is in West Sussex, yeah? So it's not a predominantly black area. They don't mm. know about it much. In the ambulance, they're like, we need morphine or gasoline or something to, for pain relief, please. We need it. No, he looks fine. My wife switched, bruv. She said, you... She she started going crazy because obviously they for what they can see you're you're screaming and shouting in agony but there's no sign of any bleeding there's no cuts or bruises that it's just this guy's in pain and he's asking for more no why are we giving him morphine mm-hmm. for? do you know what I'm saying so naive people that don't know about it, this is why I always say that doctors and nurses everywhere around the whole the whole world whether you're in a predominantly black area or not you'll get a random case where there'll be one black guy that's in your area for something as a crisis. How can there be a whole hospital and you don't know how to deal with that? Mm. I had a crisis in Manchester years ago. I had to I had to um, discharge myself because they didn't know how to treat me. Discharged myself. Mum came from London to Manchester. She discharged myself, got on the train in pain to London and then we had to get mum's friend to come pick us up, bring us to the hospital in London. Do you know what I'm saying? So morphine is the pain relief that, that kind of gets you know calms the pain down but yeah that, that's what i would say and obviously they give you drips antibiotics yeah, yeah, yeah. And all that stuff so the dynamic in the household though must be nuts because at any moment you can have a crisis yeah and naturally same way at any moment your mum can have a crisis then yeah so like I, I remember seeing on your timeline as well, you was talking about like being in a situation where you was in a hospital and that you had a crisis and your mum had a crisis yeah. as well and then having to leave and go and see her. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly what happened. Um, on more than one occasion, more than one occasion there was, uh, but from what I can remember, the most I can remember is that one occasion where I had a crisis and I think my mum had a crisis after that and she's in another ward um, at this time, we was at Whips Cross, which is in Leytonstone. And I remember maybe early teenage age or, or just coming up to teenager, leaving my bed with my uh, my drip and the whole the, mm. the, the thing that carries the drip and then leaving the ward, going to her ward to see her. That's got to be stress, man. But I don't clock, you know, I, don't, I didn't clock till it was years down the line. I don't know why, but trauma... I, at a young age, it's just like, this is what's happening now. Word. You don't clock you don't clock it. Until later down the line where you've got things like therapy, I'm doing therapy now, and there's just a whole all different doors that are opening. I'm like, Bare oh layers my unpack. days. Yeah, yeah. These have they've just been so like embedded in me as natural things that are happening that I've just seen it as it's the norm. Word. But now that I'm speaking about a therapy, I'm like, oh my days. Like... I've nearly lost my life a lot of times because of sickle cell. Of course. Do you know what I'm saying? And there's been times where I've been here, my mum's been in hospital, like, for a young man, I don't even know what that that, that must feel like, bro. But so in the time, it was just You're natural. literally almost getting used to dealing with not just the physical pain, but more importantly and more dangerously... The emotional aspect exactly. of pain. Because it's just something that you've been going through since you was five years old or yeah. or even younger. Yeah. So and, and your mum's got it. Yeah, and so yeah. and, and also it's like you're going you're literally going through pain. Yeah. So if you're getting used to that and then you're seeing someone else going through it and you're just getting used to that, you or you, you ultimately become desensitized you to do, it. You do, you do. Um and that's that's exactly what I became. Uh, but it, it Anyone with sickle cell will tell you it's not just a physical thing. It does mess with it's your massively, mental health. Massively, massively. Yeah. Men- Big time. There's yeah. people that don't work because, you know, they're tired of, of working and, and you know, constantly telling their bosses, I can't come into their I mean, hospital or, mm. you know, I know people that don't work because of that. It affects your mental health, man. You can't do, you know, what everyone else is doing or, do you know what I'm saying? You, you, 
you kind of some people are ashamed of it they don't want to come out a lot of our parents told us not to talk about it you know mm. so that's why a lot of us now in the last two years I've seen a lot of people come out with their stories Mm -hmm. now. A lot of people come out with their stories. Some people say it was a curse, religious reasons, all of that kind of stuff. But for me, if we're going to raise awareness about something, let's talk about it. Let's just, you know, if black people are going to support each other about a case with a case like this, we have to discuss it. You know, only 1% of black people in the UK give blood. Yeah, I want to talk about that actually. But I've just been thinking as well, yeah. That's where, in my mind, the the um the sickle cell thing from a historical point of view has to be from a place of fuckery. If in the community you're told to not really talk about it. Right. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. That comes from somewhere. Mm. That doesn't that that doesn't just exist. People don't just have it and feel like uh I'm not gonna talk about it. Yeah. It it comes from somewhere. That's like a mental conditioning that then gets passed down to people and then you just think as people, do you know what? Like that you when you're going through it, like I all I know is that this is just not really something to, to talk about. Um before we even get on to th- that that one percent yeah, you was talking about with your wife and like being in relationships and that, like understanding that if you had to make sure that they don't even have a trace, otherwise you're going to potentially bring somebody into the world that yeah. would have it or whatnot, yeah. That naturally must have had a big bearing on, like, your relationships in the past, no? Yeah. It's a very early conversation I would have um, with girls that I would interact with. Very early conversation. But also you have people carelessly sleeping around... Um, and all of a sudden someone's pregnant baby comes into the world baby's got sickle cell but you know what it is the majority of us don't know about AS and SS this is this is, this is why we tell people Fam, I don't know if I'm <laughs> AS or SS bro I, I, I can't be SS but I don't know if I'm AS yeah 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 that's, Fam, that's, I don't know bro my, one of my boys from uni messaged me two days yesterday and he said bro you, you never guess what I just found out I had AS I said brother this is that's not the first case that I've heard, you know. He said, I just found out. I said, How did you find out? He said, Oh, my mum knew all this time, she didn't tell me, but I got te- I went to get tested because he just had a baby. And through baby with babies now, when a woman's pregnant, uh, you can find out whilst the child's still in the womb, if the child's got sickle cell or the trait or anything, you can still find that out. So I think he said something about um I need to read the convo, but he said his mum knew she didn't didn't really tell him because it didn't AS is you hardly have someone who's got a trait that has crisis. If not, they will never have crisis. Maybe joint pains here and there, but very rarely. Yeah. So you could be someone who's got the trait and you just never know. That's why we tell people, go and get your genotype checked out. How do you do that? Uh, you can type up uh, genotype online or f- go to your local GP, ask them, say that I want to test blood tests where I want to find out my genotype um, and find out like that. It's nuts, you know. If you want to, oh, I'm gonna be so. I'm gonna keep it so real with you, yeah. Yeah. So like, I know that as a community, yeah, we just don't give blood in it. Like, there's just a low percentage of us that 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 do it, and I'm going to do it. I'm hundred million percent going to do it, yeah. Mm. But I'd stop myself from doing it at the time, right? Because the reason why I'd stop myself from doing it is such a selfish reason, yeah. But like. In some way, I was scared that if I go and give blood, they're going to tell me I'm mad in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, like, if yeah. I go there now, I'm going to go and do something like out of generosity or whatnot. And then, like, I give them my blood and that. And then they're going to tell me, bro, I'm, it's a bit mad. Yeah. So then it's like that that thing in my head where it's like, you know what? If I don't know, then I just could just keep patting it up and whatever. But that's such a bad mentality to have. I understand that and you're not the first person who's told me that but I would say to you how quick would you go and get um, tested for any um, sexual transmitted disease or anything like that how quick would I go if I knew I had it not if if I didn't know if you didn't know just to get checked up in general because for me um, uh, when I got engaged we both said right we're going to do it we know we haven't been so oh, what clinic? Yeah, yeah. Oh shit, that's like. <laughs> but if it was to use for you to go to clinic, yeah, would you have the same mindset to say, "I'm not going to clinic because they could tell me a madness." Do you know what? it's fu- okay? This is funny actually. There's two things that you said that is funny in my head, yeah, because I know that for certain man, yeah, 
if they they meet a girl and they say to their girl, like the girl says to them, like, cool, in order for us to move forward in that, we got to go to J Wing to the clinic. Yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> stressful, man, you know? <laughs> Some man hey, are not doing it, that's, bro. But yeah. Some Listen, I'll, I'll call man you tomorrow. Like, I'll call you next up. week and let you know. Yeah, bro. But on the day, man, are t- saying to the girl, <laughs> oh, you know what, mom, something's happened with my mum. <laughs> something's happened. Bro, that leads me to a funny story, actually, yeah? One time, uh, we're going off topic quick, but I might as well tell this story. Yeah. So I'm in, like, this relationship with this girl, whatever, yeah? And, like, one day, she's, like, said to me, she goes to me, ah, I need to go to doctors. So I'm like, yeah? Like, where you go? Like, why? She's like, I just need to go to the doctors or whatever. You should come with me. This is the girl you're seeing, yeah? This is the girl I was seeing, yeah. I was, no, she was my girl. Okay. So I'm like, all right, cool. So um, she's like, yeah, come meet me Oxford Street or whatnot. And like, so I'm thinking, doctor's in Oxford Street. She's, what, has she hit the That's, a, that's hit a, the a private thing, or something yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah, it's a private thing, that's mad. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, now, boom. Like, I've gone and met her and she's with her brethren, yeah? So anyway, it's me, her and her brethren. We've gone in this place and as we've gone in there, there's like bare, um, eccentric looking people in there and that. Like, bare alternative looking dons and that in there, yeah? And I'm thinking, this feels like a, doesn't feel like a doctor's doctor's, right. yeah? Anyway, turns out now that we're in a clinic, yeah? And so mm. she's just getting the test and that. So I haven't cheated on her, yeah. but admittedly, prior to our relationship, I hadn't gone to the clinic before my last thing, right. yeah? So she's going to get a test and her brethren's getting a test and I'm just here chilling now. So in my head, I like, uh, bare things are going through my head because I'm thinking, rah, this is a bit mad. Like, obviously, I ain't been since for a minute or whatever. And if She's they, going right now. If and they then, find some. If they find some. In my head, I'm thinking, how is this thing going to pla- pan out now? Because if they send you the text, because you know you can choose to get the text. Yeah, yeah, if yeah. they send you the text and you're with your brethren and we're here, what not? <laughs> what? And, and the text is like... It's positive. Yeah. What happens then? Yeah, yeah. What, yeah. are you going to say in front of your girl? Like, yeah, yeah, what? Yeah. What's going on? Yeah, what's you understand this? what I'm saying? Yeah. Now I'm vexed, bro. Because I'm like, right, it's like you're trying to set man up. Yeah, Do you yeah, get what yeah. I'm saying? Like, yeah. anyway, boom, the test came through. She was, you know what I mean? So I knew that. You get what I'm saying? So like, that's one way of, that was one way of kind of getting the test to know that, like through my thing or whatever, which is bad. But now anyway, I know, of course. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, back to the thing. Yeah. To the clinic now, I go to the clinic regular now. But there was a point, bro, where I went to the clinic at a young age and then they they pushed the flipping thing in uh, the penis, the, the thing, you know, the cotton bud, and they stick it in the thing. Then after that, I was like, I ain't coming back to this. I'm yeah, not coming yeah. back here again yeah. for these men to be sticking this thing in me and all of that. Yeah, yeah. So that actually put me off. But now I'm way more health conscious. Do you get what I'm saying? So yeah. now if you're saying to me like, would, would it stop me from going to the clinic if I knew I was going to have something? And just going one time, you know, it's only one time. It's not a regular thing you go. You go, you find, you do the blood, yeah. it's a blood test, regular blood test, mm. you find out and that's it. It's not like a regular clinic visit or whatever. Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah. Now, of course, I'm going to do it. Um, I just wanted to have more of a conversation about it and stuff like that. And like, regardless of whether me and you would have had this conversation or not, I'm at that stage in my life where I'm like, you know, if something's going to be wrong, I need to fix it anyway. But, we we just don't what was the percentage that you said one percent of black people in the uk give blood why is it so low do you think so stories i've heard have been three different stories that one of them is what you said i don't want to go and hear that something was going on inside me uh the second one is uh needle phobia I would need your uh, needle phobia. People just scared of the needle. They don't want to know. They they're just scared. They don't they don't want to be anywhere near needles. They don't like seeing blood, anything like that. And the third one is a conspiracy theory one. It's like, bro, what are they gonna do with my blood when I give blood? Where is it really going? Like, do you get know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. You get people that that ask these questions a lot, a lot. And also, what you do get a lot as well, because I know someone who works for um, NHS BT, which is NHS Blood and Transplant. They will say there's a lot of people that, black people that book their their um, their their date to give blood, and then they don't turn up. 
so there's there's like they get stage fright maybe. yeah mm-hmm. so there's like a maybe like it could be like a, a wait one to one to two to three month gap where they say okay we've got this date for you and it's two months down the line You're like cool I'm, I'm on it on it closer to the date yeah yeah, yeah. closer to the date mm-hmm. mm-hmm. dates later no I'm not, I'm not <laughs> you know what I'm saying Jack, something could generally come up but yeah, it, it could so. be just stage fright yeah, so yeah. these are the three reasons that I usually hear a lot from people when it comes to why do you not give blood as a black person especially knowing that you can help someone like myself out mm. there's um, a guy that I know he messaged me uh, not long ago said bruv I went to give blood and they told me I got a, a, a blood type which is called the RO subtype which is the best blood type for them to give someone who's got sickle cell I said, brother, I need your blood. Keep Strong. giving blood. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? They, t- they encourage him to keep going. Um, and I've heard this with two or three people that have gone to give blood because of me. And that's you helping someone out. I, could, I, I have... Um, so another thing, when I got married, um, there's a, a specific tablet I was taking from like the age of 12, mm. very young, which they started in Belgium. Then it came here uh, called hydroxycarbamide. I was taking it all the time from young, you know, just to keep the uh, sickle levels down. Uh, taking it for like 20 plus years. Uh, this specific tablet has a type of chemo in it. Okay. Yeah, so it can affect the reproductive system. So I'm getting married now and I'm like, okay, we know we want to have children one day. Um, I need to slightly start coming off this. Mm-hmm. So 2018, early 2018... I go to a doctor's with my wife and I say, all right, I want to start coming off this. And they say, cool, let's see how it goes. Come off it. April, I come off it, 2018. From April to October, back to back crisis. Back to back, Serious. back to back, back to back. Is it because your body back. became so used to it? Yeah. Back to back crisis, bro. And <clears throat> around October, they're like, it's too much. Like, we need to try and see how, what we can do. And they said, uh, we're going to put you on uh, regular exchange transfusions. Exchange transfusions, when you go into the hospital, um, they put uh, a needle on your right arm, on your left arm, and on your left arm. They draw blood out of one, and they give you blood in the other. So the sickle levels go down with the blood they draw out, and they give you blood, bags of blood, into your veins, Yeah. This blood comes from donors, people that give blood. That's where it comes from. Okay. So if people didn't give blood, people like myself couldn't have an exchange or people that just have normal um, blood transfusions where they just give you blood. Do you know what I'm saying? An exchange is because it's literally an exchange. They're taking, drawing blood out of me, giving me new blood. So from October 2018, I was getting that. And since then, every six weeks I'm getting that. I haven't had a crisis since October 2018. Wow. So it's been a year and a bit now. Because I was going to ask you, how much blood do you need to have out of you? Or how much new blood do you need to have in order for it to stop? Because surely if this has got something to do with your blood cells here, mm. and you take, say you just said, okay, let's, I'm just going to throw a random number. So hypothetically, yeah, let's just say, boom, like 30% of your blood over a period of time had been taken out and replaced with new blood. Yeah shouldn't that naturally then um, reduce the crisis? And then I say, if you can somehow get 80 or 90% of your blood out over a period of time Mm. and put new blood in it, then doesn't that make it almost slim to none? Yes, but with blood, it doesn't just... There's The cells, obviously, they, they... I don't know if I could say reproduce, but... There, it's, it's like constantly being renewed, if I mm. can say that. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm. So you've got cells that will be there that will constantly be renewed. Yes, the, the, the sickle levels go down, but you can't completely just get rid of it like that because you've got things that are reproducing cells in your body. You know what I'm saying? So when I do get a transfusion, it's as you said, they get like 30 to 40% of the sickle blood out, draw, like literally getting taken out. My veins are bad, so I get what you call a femoral line. It has to be surgically put in. I go into the surgery room. They numb the groin area, and they put a needle in the groin. Right next to, uh, like, a, uh, you know, you've got a main uh, artery yeah, in your yeah, groin. Yeah, yeah. There's a big vein there as well. So they numb the area, put a needle in, in the vein, put a long tube in, 
and then they take the needle out so the tube's there they patch up the area send you back upstairs and then they do the transfusion through that it's quick for me not quick it's quicker than my arms because my veins are bad in my arms so they we had to do a femoral line um that will reduce my blood sickle blood level to 30 40 percent and then the blood they give you is the extra 60 70 percent which is blood aa good blood that comes from donors okay. people that give blood which really me that's helped me i haven't had a crisis in over a year bro and that's a that's a great thing for me bro yeah, yeah from yeah. the whole 31 years of my life that's a very good thing do you know what i'm saying that's positive to hear man but unfortunately not everyone can have, have that, that yeah. i know some people that are allergic to other blood they of can't course. have transfusions do you know what i'm saying fortunately for me it works yeah um and also just quickly going back on like the relationship thing cause we didn't get to unpack that so much but I guess you were saying it's an early conversation to have straight away. The majority of people don't know what they have. Did she, did your um, wife or girlfriend at the time know? She knew, yeah. I and spoke to her, she asked her mum, because um, she has an uncle, her mum's brother, who has it, who has SS. Okay. He's 50 plus, chilled out, doesn't have crisis, hasn't had a crisis in like 20 plus years. So she asked her mum, her mum says she doesn't have it. And uh, I think I think my wife did another test. Can't remember, but yeah, she's and straight yeah. away. You said, "Yep, this is one marrying <laughs> yeah, that yeah. now." So for me, yeah, yeah, it's a conversation I had. I, yeah. I, I, as the more I grew up, the more I started being more conscious about what I have. Be doing research on it, so I knew the woman I marry is. If I don't care how much I fall in love with you, or ever if you tell me your AS, I got a bounce. Yeah, yeah it's that right. serious. Because remember, you said that it must have started from one person. Mm. Slept with one person, went down generations, wherever we can actually start cancelling that. Yes, what well, that's for real. Do you know what I'm saying? So for me, getting with someone who's got AA, we have a child who's got by God's grace AA, no no AS or nothing. They get with someone who's got AA. Down that's the line, it, that's, that's it. That's yeah, it. Yeah, so yeah. we can actually have we, if I could say, we have the power to to actually end it. Mm-hmm. Bro, what an interesting thing, boy. So the only thing really that like. Well, I mean, I shouldn't say the only thing, but the big thing that people can do to help is essentially give blood. How do you, like, what is the means of even doing that? Like, how do you even go and just give um, blood like that? Literally, you could go online and say how to give blood or where to give blood, but uh main website is blood.co.uk. Yeah. Um, they have a sheet there where you could fill it in and they'll find a, your local um, donation centre. Yeah. Go and they'll give you a date. They'll give you a date and they'll go. When you go, I think they check your blood. Yeah. So for some people, uh, like my sister-in-law, she wants to go and give blood, but they said uh, you're you're a bit, your iron levels are very low at the moment. So obviously that would affect your blood. So she's had to wait. Okay. Um, same with my wife as well. She had to wait for her iron levels to get higher a bit so she can go and give blood. So yeah. it's very easy, man. And I think if you know, if you're a black person or a white person or whatever color you are, and you live in London. Um, nine times out of ten, out of five pe- black people you know, there'll be one person that has either sickle cell or the or the trait. Yeah. So yeah. if you know how close to home it is, you can do something to help. Go and give blood. Watch who you're sleeping around with. Yeah, I hear that. Watch who dumb. you're getting with. Yeah, you know I'm saying. Watch yeah, who you're getting with. There's a whole bag of exchange of energies going on. And exactly. With, with that there's like exactly not just that. I'm but, yeah, I've, I've been guilty of it. Obviously, I can't lie, but. Yeah, and men it, have to be a bit more mindful of yeah it's not just the energies it's, it's the it's the in, in semen bro yeah, it's, true, like, of it's the exchange of semen there's blood so with that all of a sudden boom there's a baby there you're hearing the baby's got tickles so what what's that do you have it yeah I did uh, well I didn't I don't know mum do I have it dad do you know what I'm saying and mm. then next thing you know there's a child here that didn't ask for that and then do you know what I'm saying I used to resent my parents bro for real. In times of crisis, like, I'm in pain. Why would they do that? Why did they not talk? Why, you know what I'm saying? I'm grateful for my life, but I used to resent my parents. Now I've grown up and understood that they were young, didn't discuss it and things like that. But mm. how can we make change the narrative now? Discuss it, talk about it. For those who have sickle cell, talk. You know, um, for those who don't, you could even have it and you don't know. You could have, if you had sickle cell full-blown, you would know. But you could have the trait and you just don't know. Talk about it. Talk about it. Mind who you're getting with. Get checked up. Go and check up your genotype um, and talk about it. If it's something that's affecting our people, it's something we should be passionate about. Mm. I hear you, bro. Um, thanks for coming and sharing some information with me. I, I saw a video 
uh, last year, I think, of a girl that was in a hospital. I remember this, like some people have been posting it around a, a, a bit and she had sickle cell and she was going through a crisis. And um, there was like a video just of her. She was on the bed and the video was being recorded yeah, from yeah. just that. behind her or whatever. And she was, it was like she was giving birth, bro. Yeah. She was screaming and screaming and screaming. And that rang extra alarm bells to me because mm. I'm like, I hear about this thing, but I don't really know the full implications of how this happened, why it happens and what we can really do. You just hear a little bit about, okay, yeah, just give blood and stuff. But a lot of us don't particularly know why. We just know it's a good thing to do. Mm. But um, but yeah, like hearing, hearing this is um, definitely definitely done something so yeah bro you got an album coming out anyway yes I know that. my debut album that. born and raised at march 6th listen and let's not ever get this twisted you know because you are a barers as well let bro, me try and thank see if you, I can grab something quick <laughs> there thank was one, you, one tune that you had as well called um was that was it two two zero one two zero one yeah that's it two, yeah, yeah, yeah. why is it two zero one six so there's two zero one six i did with my boy governor b yeah that's the one yeah, yeah. that's the one yeah yeah that's the one, you and Governor. Yeah, yeah. Bro, let me see if I can grab this thing quickly, bro. Just in case people are just not necessarily. <laughs> is that is it on Spotify? Two zero. Nah, cause I was. Have speak- you got any of the two zero ones? I don't. I don't have them on Spotify because two zero one six and seven were Dot Rotten Productions. Okay. So I was speaking to Dot, uh, and yeah, we're trying to. Me and him are trying to figure it out for me to put it on Spotify. Are you and him good? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hear Dot that. I hear that. So for me, when Dot's having war, yeah, I don't DM him, you know. I wait, leave him, leave him in that zone. <laughs> I wait for everything to calm down. I'm like, yo, bro, yeah. I want to put this on Spotify. So last time I spoke to him in a DM, he said, it's cool. Just got to sort out um, royalties and things like that. And then yeah. it's calm. I'm definitely going to throw him on Spotify, though. This can't go on a YouTube, but this can go on yeah. the phone. Yeah, that's born and raised. Yeah, no, I don't oh, play yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. It's got a D double on it still. Yeah, yeah. Hey, shout out to Rapid by the way. I haven't seen Rapid in a long time still. Big bro Rapid. Born and raised, yeah? We need some more music, definitely. Yeah, that's what. See, come on, bro. <laughs> I see it, bro. I pay Love attention. Man. Thank you, bro. To a lot of things. Thank you. I pay attention to a lot of things. My ear is not. My ear is not just where the gas is. Yeah. You know, I'm a fan of this thing, bro. Seriously. Love. I, I'm always trying to find good shit that mm. people are not particularly listening to. Mm. Even people might be listening to, but I'm always trying to find good stuff. I've known about you for a long time. I don't. I don't hear much from you. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? You just pop up here and there from what it seems like, unless I'm missing something. Yeah, you yeah. You just no. pop up here and there. Yeah, in the last in the last few years, obviously marriage and everything's taken. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, it's been a priority. But with music, um, I'm probably trying to be serious. Uh, yeah, my debut yeah. album, Born and Raised, out March sixth. Okay. Uh, got a lot of personal tracks on there, man. A lot of personal. I like to just talk about real life. Hmm. Um, I don't feel like as especially as men. Um, that's another thing why we started 525 podcast yeah. uh, for men, um, not just married men, but men to come together and talk. We don't mm. do that enough. So I'm telling on you, my bro. album, that's definitely something that. So I've got some personal songs in there that I think yeah. people can relate to definitely. And honorable, honorable shout out to the wifey for holding you down. Yes, you know what I mean. And big shout out to Mumsy, Mumsy. <laughs> I mean exactly. married yeah, yeah. now yeah, you get what I'm saying real. it's good for real for real yeah man bro thank you for coming through Thanks bro. For I appreciate it bro and um, what's the name of your podcast bro 525 so 525. 5 and then 20 is with the 2 uh, instead of a T and then 5 uh, we're on Spotify all the good stuff oh, and yeah my album will be out all online stores as well March 6th alright cool and I just want to say this with love as well yeah like, this is not a platform where I just have people coming up here just promoting all kinds of stuff and that. <laughs> I get all emails all of the time, which I'm very grateful for. Yeah. But, like, it's not, this is just not just a promo thing like that. Yeah. I'm just trying to have conversations with people that I've 
I gravitate to or having conversations about things that I want to have conversations about. It's not like an everyday bring a guest here and yeah, you bro, tell me about your album. Yeah, I, I listen. I listen all the time, bro. I watch all the time, and mm. from the first episode with Jamie. Yeah, um, Jamie's another person that I met recently. Just Is it? Yeah, love. that's yeah, my yeah. guy, man. I could record with him. I could record with him once a week easily. Yeah. So from when I heard the first episode of Jamie, I've been locked in, and I know it's just been real conversations you have here, not just any any convos, but yeah. real convos that are life changing. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. yeah thank well, you. yeah, and also on top of that, sometimes we have conversations that some people don't really like, yeah, and we have yeah. some conversations that people feel like we're not like. Recently, we got like a little bit of some stick because they felt like we didn't discuss the wretch free two and scorcher thing yeah properly. yeah yeah and you know what it's funny that because i was at nike today and someone came to me and he was saying to me oh like i'm a fan of the podcast or whatever but like i was quite disappointed at the way that you guys talked about it and i asked him why and he was telling me why and what i was trying to explain to him here was that there's like sometimes there are certain things here where I'm super limited on information, yeah? And it could be super sensitive. And I mm. think it's still important to bring it up and discuss, yeah? However, sometimes, yeah, I will come and I'll be like, this is, sometimes you can look at things as like, we could be here, we could be talking about something and proper gassing it up or whatever and gaslighting it and someone could end up going and doing a madness or what whatnot. I'm never really bothered about that. I'm never mm. really bothered about whether you know, in a situation where like, it, like let's say in the context of Scorcher and Wretch and Wretch is with Scorcher's baby mum and, and Scorcher, we might be here saying, rah, like how could you have that and whatever and Scorcher go and do whatever he goes and does off the back of that, if he ever did that, which I don't think he would. Mm. But in my mind, it's not about that. It's just about whether I could look at myself in the mirror and be comfortable enough knowing that if I speak about something in this way, regardless of how anyone acts, am I am I comfortable with right. that? And sometimes I'm just not. Mm. Sometimes I'm not. Sometimes I might be. Sometimes I might, we might come here and we might just be a little bit reckless. But there was one time in particular, bro, we sat here and I, we gave Rita Ora an absolute battery, bro. <laughs> yeah. Fam. Oh my God, we gave Rita Ora such a battering. And you know, in my soul, when I left, in my soul, that one didn't feel good. Right. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, that one didn't feel good. Did Sometimes, go huh? Did it go up? Yeah, it went up. Okay. Yeah, it went up still. It went up still, because we recorded it, and it was a long episode. There was nothing I could do about it. But essentially, I just say all of that to say, like, the, 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 the tough conversations... I, there's times where I'd prefer to have it with the person right. as opposed to having it with them not being there. Yeah. And there'll be the occasional time where, you know what, that one there, if it makes me a hypocrite or con like a like I'm contradicting myself in times where I've done it and haven't done it, those times I'm more comfortable with doing it. Yeah. These times, there's other times where it's just like, I don't know about this one, man. Yeah, I'm you've got to move with wisdom, man. I think, I know that's something you wouldn't be afraid of asking Wretch to his face. Oh, definitely not. But whether you will do it or not, that's your own choice. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? But never feel pressured by other people to, 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 to kind of do the content they want you to do. Yeah. This is your vision, bro. This yeah, is something that you know God's put in your heart to yeah. do, and you're you're doing it, and it's doing well. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. There's gonna be, there's not there's all you can never not do anything in this world to, and not please. Of course, please, people. So, and you're right, bro. That's another thing. Is like today, I, it, after I had the conversation with that that guy, yeah, it was a real good conversation. But I remember just thinking to myself afterwards that I can't always give people what they want. For real, do you get me? I can't always do it at the expense of how I feel about something. Mm. That doesn't mean that, like, that doesn't even mean that it, that there's a conversation that won't be had. Yeah, because maybe it will be had, and maybe that conversation will be with that person. Mm. Do you get me? But, so there's just like, you know, they're just in the occasional situations where you're like, let me just wait, let me just wait like everyone else. Let me wait like everyone else to see how this pans out first. Mm. Let me see if there's more information that comes out and then let's discuss this as opposed to like getting little nuggets here and there. Yeah. And another thing about me, bro, is see when certain things happen in the scene and that, I'm not a man who rings around, man, and starts asking for, like, 
information. Like, give me the like, inside yeah, yeah, scoop. Yeah, it's what Let you me know, get the you know. inside scoop so I can come here. And, yeah. But I don't do that, you know. I think this the, the misconception sometimes <clears> is that <throat> because a lot of people know me and I know a lot of people, that, like, I'm just super cool with yeah, everyone. Yeah. And when some shit happens, these men ring me like TMZ and Yeah, that. people think you're DJ academics. That's what Fam, you're to be, bro. I'm <laughs> not even... That's not my thing. If you, like, when they something happens... They want you to happens, be a Chuckademics, bro. Yeah, that's yeah, what exactly. That's to be, bro. <laughs> Chuckademics. <laughs> When certain things happen, it's just like my close friends or like people that are around me like will ring me and be like, right, you hear about X, Y, and Z? Mm. Enough times in the WhatsApp group, I see Bear Man talking about it, but I just won't even interject. I'll just leave it and just mm. watch stuff. I'm not a man who just rings around for the inside scoop yeah, yeah. so I can come here and start spilling off the beans. Yeah, yeah, Some yeah. of the beans, yeah, that were spilt like over the last couple of days bro, was this absolute, I couldn't, I just couldn't come and just spill a man's private beans mm. without a man you know what I mean yeah yeah for real bruv right, keep man. doing your thing man yeah. you're not academics you're Chucky bro. <laughs> Chucky and I'm the right, reason man. why people watch Half Cast Podcast and, yeah. and listen to it is because it's authentic and it's real like if, mm. if there's something you don't talk about don't talk about it man don't feel pressured by by society bruv society is is here one day and is here the other day. There's never any stability in society. This whole Twitter world thing is, it's all a facade, bruv. Yeah. Right now it's whole Love Island thing. So someone might gas you to talk about someone on Love Island. You don't want to talk about that. Yeah, but true. then Love Island's finished in a few weeks and then there's another discussion. So you got to and stick Love to what you're doing. Because it's all out there. And a lot of it is just private. It's like a lot of it is some stuff that we've gone through ourselves and like that. I I I love doing that. You know, like when I've been through something for myself or like. I've seen something. I've seen something, and I'm like, I know that. Yeah. And when you yeah. talk about it, it makes good. It makes good discussion. But yeah. other times, I won't make a big deal out of thing. I even fucking Drake had a baby with a stripper. Then we didn't do a big episode about yeah, Drake yeah. having a baby yeah, with a stripper. Yeah. We just had a conversation about what Pusha T said about Drake. Right. And we just discussed it. But bro. Love and guidance to you, bro. Same, Proper bro. appreciate you coming, man. Appreciate Very good conversation. Thank you, man. And all the best with the album and that, bro. Thank you, bro. Love Loved man. you. Love Thanks for listening, everyone.